When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level, stay tuned for that post, and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. Chris Garza of Suicide Silence, welcome to the show. Thank you for making time for this. I'm very excited. I just realized I should have worn my Suicide Silence shirt because I am not afraid to fan out for Suicide Silence. Most bands, you know, you don't want to be the guy <laughs> wearing the band's shirt to the show, but I am such a huge fan that I would I would fan out. So now I, I feel like I should have worn my Suicide Silence shirt for this. Maybe even gotten a Suicide Silence hat too. Oh man, next time. Yeah, that's what- uh, that guy. Yeah, we got to wear the band shirt at, at the show. It's sick. That's how, that's how people know that you're a real fan. Totally. Agreed, man. Good to see you, brother. Yeah, you too. Well, tell me uh, what what are you uh, what are you personally, and what is the band up to these days? I know you got the new album coming out and stuff. What's up with that? Yeah, uh, we're dropping a brand new song uh, from our new record, the first one from our record. Let's see, today is the twenty fifth. It's coming out on Wednesday, the thirty first. Oh, okay. Less than a week away, we're dropping the first song of our new record that we've been working for quite some time on. So we're all we're all stoked that we're finally doing shit that we want to do. It's crazy how long it takes to to do that. Tell me what you mean by that. Oh, you know, just, I mean, behind the scenes stuff, it's been really uh, high pressure. Oh, right. For probably uh, obvious reasons. And it took a long time to get the band back on track from, I mean, you're talking from Mitch to the self-titled and uh, really rebuilding the band back to where it was most importantly musically and us as people it took it took a long time so we're all excited to actually i'm excited that I'm, I'm actually putting out a record that like i i back you know do you feel like you put some records out that you didn't back oh of course yeah uh, that was uh our last one actually oh really <laughs> yeah yeah it's true. I, I mean i didn't think it was bad what are you not happy with about it which is i mean this is like the beauty of you know hanging out with with you finn and 
having the opportunity with podcasting and long form conversations because you can't really explain this kind of stuff long form to like the masses. It's really tough. But behind the scenes, that was definitely like the worst the band has ever been. And uh, maybe too, like the musically, I'm sure because a lot of people like, like that record. Uh, yeah, it's and, good. And, and we're talking about becoming a hunter, but uh, I don't know. It, it was just missing that secret sauce, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, you that, guys had that's some, something, some tough stuff going on, you know, behind the scenes and whatnot. Oh yeah, totally. Like we're trying to recover from uh, the self-titled and other members. It's like a family, you know. Everyone's going through life and at their own pace, dealing dealing with their own shit. Could be relationships or obviously that was a massive uh backlash some people took it harder than others and you know i mean for that record yeah i mean our drummer was in rehab <laughs> it's just right. like just i mean that record barely came out and also i mean producers not really putting their all into it it's it, it it the stuff like that happens you, and you do, your, do your best to make it sound and feel like the best that it can and finally we got through all this shit and uh, about the part of the song that I'm well, finally like, oh, this is what I've been wanting the band to sound like since 2008. Yeah, I mean, it, this is definitely the best shit you guys have done in a decade. And it really does feel like the band has sort of rediscovered, you know, the fire in a way that most bands, when they've been through what you guys have been through, it's very rare for a band to like find that again. And like I heard this stuff, you know, at uh, Morgoth's house and I was like, holy shit, this is good. Thanks, Finn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if any other deathcore band went through a fraction of the stuff we went through, they would all fail, guaranteed. Yes, absolutely. Guaranteed, because you're you're forced to really go. I, I I'd say this every fucking conversation, but so true. I try not to get spiritual. No, please do, because one thing people should know is you're a much more thoughtful guy than maybe a lot of people realize. So please do appreciate that. Well, I mean, when you go through a low, which was, I mean, again, I'll say it a lot of times, but that was purposely done. Purposely done. I mean, that was uh, that was like that was a a big reset for me personally as the band. Um, and I think I might have told you this already, but if we do this for the self-titled, our fifth record, it's so the seventh and eighth and tenth record sound how I wanted the sound because we needed like a fucking right. reset, a whole reset. And I don't care what I have to lose, my sanity, money. I threw I, I threw all that shit away just to start over and rebuild the uh, music. Like I I I hear it inside my body, and then. When you when you have a career and you're going through a low, I'm talking about a low. I mean, you guys were in the shit for a long time. Oh yeah, years, years, years. Like the better part of ten years. To totally. And when you're at that low, you're forced to. It's not hype anymore. It's not like right. it's, it's not about money anymore. It's not about anything else. Like it's like it's truly about the music, and you're forced to go deep. And that's what and that's what separates uh, Suicide from all the other deathcore bands. We didn't have a band like us to listen to because it was us, <laughs> right? And like, and that, and that was it. So that shit back in the day came from it was it's a sound of my body, right? It's my soul. I mean, I, I'm not a singer, so I struggle. I don't know how to put feelings into words. So I guess what we did, uh, me and Mitch combined, like we we, like we we turned feelings into sounds, and that's what you know. Then you have you know demos and EPs and sure. and, and the cleansing uh, and then etc. So, but a lot of people might say that, but when I listen to Suicide Silence, you know that that's what I responded to with that old stuff is like I really did feel that there was so much like energy and aggression in that music that you really you can just feel it. Thank you. Yeah, that's the goal, which is not true of most bands. 
you know, and I feel that with this new stuff again. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just so funny. Like, like it, it takes years, years of just going through the gutter and re rebuilding for someone to hear 10 seconds of a song and be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> it takes yeah, it's like it's what it took it's to true. get to that point, dude, that fucking five, 10 seconds. Like someone being like, oh, they're fucking cool. Like, let me buy a shirt. Like that took years of behind the scenes of me like fixing everything that 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 was broken that uh and really getting suicides back to being suicides and what's crazy is that like you really can't it doesn't even take 10 seconds to be able to tell yeah it true. takes like true. two seconds very very true isn't that crazy yeah and you can't fake it there's nothing you can do like it's if it's not there it's not there nope and if it's there, you can tell just instantly. Totally. It's, it's so crazy. Like, and, and, and we go back talking about having the music have that secret sauce that you can't really put a word to it. You, you just feel something the moment like you hear it in that first few seconds. You know, that took that took a long time. So I'm stoked for people actually hear what we've been doing. It's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think that's been the reaction from everybody that I have seen. Everyone says the same thing. Like, wow, they're back. I mean, not that the other stuff was bad. It was good. I get it. Yeah. But it was just missing that little extra something, you know, and you hear it and, you know, yeah. to your point, you know, maybe you had to go through all this horrible shit because the fact of the matter is, at least for this kind of music, you know, that's what fuels it a lot of times. Absolutely. And this was the advice I got from Ross Robinson. when We actually did that record. And the thing that separates another thing that separates us from the rest of the bands in our genre, if, if I get any kind of advice from like someone I admire or or when we ask ourselves the tough questions, we're dumb enough to do it. <laughs> we will we will apply what we learned and like you, that scary feeling that comes up is like, shit, we 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 gotta do this. I remember like halfway through that record, I asked Ross as a fan, because we, we were talking about corn and slipknot and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And I try not to bug him about it, but I was like, Hey, you're paying him for it. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. I, I, I paid Ross Robinson to hang out with me. That's right. <laughs> I asked him, like, you know, what's what's it going to take? Like, what will it take for a band to get back to that thing? Like, to those records that people love and or to rebuild their band. And he said, give it all away. And I was like, we that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> money, e everything. Money. I was living in Venice Beach. This sounds really bougie, but, you know, we were, I was, you know, we, we, we were doing well. To be able to do this and get paid money for it is fucking crazy yeah you know i mean i remember hearing back in the day in high school like oh i mean like you know re records don't sell or you you'll never make money doing this and then we put out a record that sells a ton of fucking records and then we're getting paid people are buying merch for a hot topic it's like you guys were doing crazy merch business back in the day it was crazy and then to take all that that you worked for also we're talking about post mitch too to recover from that and to still recover from that I mean, that money went away quick. People stopped buying, I mean, people stopped buying merch. People stopped buying tickets to the shows. And then I went from Venice Beach and I came back here when I was born and raised in Corona. Not that I don't like living here. I love it. It's, I mean, it's where I'm born and raised, but you know, sure. I didn't have any money. It was gone. And then I, I came back here and then obviously some members take that harder than others. I mean, at least it's not Barstow. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty lucky to be in a cool, cool small town. And I'm also lucky that the things I love are cheap. I love pizza and beer, dude, and friends. And friends are free. And uh, yeah, just we just got, I mean, I applied what he taught me. I'm like, okay, like, we got to start over. That's it. Right. And uh, we we did it. You know, bands say it all the time, oh, this record's going to be different. Or like, we fucking threw out the rule book and blah, 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 blah. But you guys really did it. Heard it all before. They never fucking do it. Right, right. None of them do. We, we, we did. 
and yeah. uh, we obviously we got shit for it, but uh, I still I respect that you guys did it. You know, like thanks, Finn. It's it's not the album I would personally choose to listen to, but of I respect course. that you guys did it. <laughs> I do, like because like you said, like people say they're going to take it. Oh, we're you know we th- we just went. We're going to reinvent ourselves. Rah, rah. And like, oh, it sounds the same, except slower. It sounds the same. You know, but yeah, you guys really fucking did something super unexpected and different. And I respect that. Thank you, man. And it just stems from it just stems from knowing who you are. I know who I am. I'm a 90s new metal kid. I'm a rhythm guitar player. I don't go past the first two frets. I'm right here. Chug, chug, <laughs> drum low up. That's just that's who I am. And I know and I knew that if we were going to start over like i'm just gonna going back to i am i will say i think if you guys put that album out now it would have been received a lot better because now everyone loves deftones and rah rah all that shit yeah it's crazy and you know that was only that was five years ago right that was 2017 yeah 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 but that was before the deftones hype was real and like i feel like yep. people would like that album better now you know same when I mean, you guys have always been out of the curve you were adding those new metal elements and stuff like on the black crown when mm-hmm. remember that was 2012 right 2011 yes yeah um 2012 and it was not cool to be into new metal then in the deathcore scene no so you know you guys have consistently been willing to take those chances that other people haven't you could have just made no time to bleed again and that would have been fine, but you guys took a chance. You took another chance of self-titled, and that's one thing I've always really respected. Thanks, Finn. Yeah, we've always kind of been like the risk-taking band since like day one. Like we're talking like here, garage days, like writing demos or going to shows. You always want like, okay, how can we stick out? How can we be ourselves? Um, okay, this band's doing this, so we're gonna do the opposite. It's always it's always kind of been been that way. You know, sometimes you know you you have the cleansing and uh, it's a big success, and sometimes you'll take a risk and. People stop buying your record. You know, it's just you get like right. these hits. And, you know, we I, I always swing, I swing, and yeah. uh, people. When, and when when you connect, you hit a home run. People, oh wow, well, fucking cool, man. But then when you fucking miss, people, everyone will forget about you quick. All all your history, people will forget about you. Everything that that you've done or anything, and yep. it's, it's not it's not just music. It's like the entire industry, the uh, industry, the uh, bands that you inspired and influenced that don't fucking talk about it. Because they're not honest, right? I mean, they all they will be, they will forget about everything. Oh, you know, SS is done. They're, they're washed up. Guards is washed up, and I, I've heard it all. And just like you know, positive stuff like anything negative I felt or heard from someone in the industry, a label, a manager, a band, I remember everything, everything. And uh, you know, when you're at a low, people fuck disappear. Right. Because you are not cool anymore. You're, you're not cool to hang around with. You're not like, you're not the hype band anymore. But th- there was a few people, man, in the industry or bands that stuck by us. And that is invaluable. That is invaluable to, to know who was, who are your real friends in this fucking crazy thing, you know? And ha- yeah. they have some bands, you know, stick up for us. I mean, George from Cannibal Corpse, dude. Like, he was vocal about, you know, he's, he's, he stuck by with us. He was really cool. And like, that shit, like, when I'm around him now, it's like... That, that's a priceless friend and bands in our genre you know talk shit and right. i i remember i remember all that and then now we're out now we're, i guess it's so weird to say but now we're like we're like the up and coming where we're like getting back to where we you're the elder statesman now and you know and now you know people are coming back around it's like yeah you know, obviously you're you're cordial and i'm thankful to be coming back and have be welcomed in this second wave of heavy music and a deathcore genre i'm very fortunate and lucky that the band is here i mean i'll be lying if i said i, I was i wasn't surprised 
I mean, the, the amount of sacrifices we took to stay here. And, you know, people came back, the bands and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's, it's right here. Well, you don't seem like a bitter person, though, despite all of that. No, no. I mean, I mean, my thing, which it might rub people off the wrong way, but I want this shit, especially, I mean, obviously I'm in a deathcore band, so I have a soft spot for it. But I want this genre to get big. I want to bring this shit up as high as possible. I don't give a fuck what band does it. If it's us, Lorna Shore, I don't fucking care. Any band that gets big, uh, you have Spirit Box doing cool shit. I saw them last night. I'm like, if a heavy band gets big, great. And uh, there's this shit behind the scenes, dude. It just fucking pisses me off. There's like this big dick contest constantly going off. Like, oh, they won't play with this band or like the logo has to be bigger on the flyer. (laughs) They they got a cool headline. They won't, they have a headline. It's just like, dude, it's all this bullshit. And that, it's such a pet peeve for me, dude. My my pet peeves were that, uh, not building a genre. And dishonesty in music. Those are my pet fucking peeves, dude. And it's, you know, it comes mostly from like the older heads. Like the older, I guess you could say, deathcore bands maybe. But the newer bands coming up are pretty, there's a camaraderie. And it's really cool to see them helping each other. Which is, which I, I wish I had that back, you know, back in the day. But everyone was just trying to one-up each other. And, you know, so, so, so my thing is I want to use myself and the band name on this upswing to like, I want to bring up as many bands as as possible you know we could do a cool tour a cool fucking tour package and i mean do it great but man these fucking some of these bands you just prevent that from happening it fucking pisses me off well it does feel to me like deathcore is in a place now that reminds me of like 2009 myspace days you know with lorna shore and slaughtered prevail and a lot of the other bands that are you know kind of bubbling up and it feels Mm -hmm. like there's kind of energy and stuff that hasn't been there for a long time since you guys really were the ones who made that happen the first time mm-hmm. thank you yeah it's uh it's always kind of shocking like a lot of which is a story i've been telling pretty often now but like a lot of, it was my it's my fault like i did a pretty horrible job you know running the band behind the scenes you know back in the day we did a pretty terrible job at telling our story you know so normally knows like the history of us or how we started now then you, now you're you're in a point where like normally knows where that death court scene started you know, because right. we, we never talked about it, you know, but uh, man, like those. Well, nobody also nobody cared about it back then. Like nobody wanted to know about that it. Too. The press, the media, they didn't give a shit, you know, because it was that just too. kids in the IE doing this thing that nobody else really understood or like. Mm-hmm. It was very like n- very unwelcome in the metal media back then. Oh, yeah. It's so it's so bizarre. So like, who would you even told? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not like Kerrang wanted to talk about it in 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It's, it's so it's so fucking it's cool. I mean, that's obviously the goal. But to see a band's, you know, put out their first record now or stream a song now and this gets fucking picked up like that. And all these streams yeah. and great press and there's this fan base on the welcome zone. I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. It's awesome. You know, I mean, it's like shit like. When we were playing Deathcore, there was no shows to play. Like it was, just, it was us, and luckily, uh, when when I met Mitch, he like had a, a in at the Showcase Theater, uh, three miles down. Which you don't know, Showcase. It's a legendary venue here. He knew people that worked there. We have friends in a hardcore band. Shout out to Gabe Ochoa, people uh, sang for a band called Bound on Blood. He started throwing us on all his shows. And that's kind of what started like us playing hardcore shows. We either play a death metal show or a hardcore show, and then. I don't know where Joffrey Cowboy came out and we kind of both were like bubbling up at the same time. It was, it was a really special time, but when we first came out, like we're talking demos EP days. I mean, I think we, we, we talked about it already, but copycats, 
Yeah. It's fucking right. Like, like nationwide, do you like in like hundreds of them? Not like five, like a hundred. It was nuts. Maybe probably more than a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back then I was bitter about it. I was like, what, like what the fuck is going on? But I mean, obviously that's, that stems from like insecurity or young. And you don't like, you know, I, I could barely talk back then. <laughs> it's just, right. but, but now it's like, it's fucking really cool to see when I see a band, you know, do anything. I'm like, that's fucking sick. Holy shit. Look, look at what we did. That's fucking insane, but but my beef with the bands back then, uh, and a couple actually still do it uh, currently. The big bands are assigned, but uh, this weird thing, like a lot of them won't even give us props for it. It's so it's so weird, like and again, that goes back to my pet peeve, like dishonesty in music. Right. What do you mean by that? By dishonesty? When I mean when we first came out, like it was we're talking twenty years ago. I mean it was not cool to wear a corn shirt at a show. Right. That shit was not cool. I mean, you're you're talking like I mean, I literally got my head kicked in from like sure. you know, being like being around the pit, and like like hardcore kids look at that new metal kid and fucking come at me. It was it long was hair with cool. a slipknot shirt at a hardcore oh. show in the IE in the early two thousands. People big are gonna no-no. fuck with you. Big big no no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know we did it, and the very little anything we said, we're talking day one. We've always gave props to the bands that we were inspired by. Day one, no matter who it was, if it was a local band to uh, our hardcore band or bands like Corn and Slipknot, we were fucking so vocal about every band that we either, like, I personally ripped off or, like, you know, or, or were inspired by. And then then we came out and they had the copycats, obviously. Like, there's this, this weird energy, like, so we're going to stand by each other. You're not even going to talk about it. Right. Super strange. And that's like, that goes along with, okay, well, why are you writing music? That's because I go like, okay, if this is happening, what else are you not honest about? I mean, like if it was me, if, if I was in a band and I ended up playing a show with, you know, the band that I obviously like copied, I would go up to him and be like, Hey man, I just want to say, we love your band and we totally rip you guys off. That'd be sucking. And I've done that too. <laughs> and the other band would just laugh and be like, Oh, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. And we, and we, and we could be close friends. It'd be fucking cool. I mean, I, I did that around here. If there's right. a local band that I, I ripped off, be like, dude, like I, dude, I love, I love this demo. Dude, did this fucking break down. And like, I, and we did that since, right. Since the fucking get go. And you know, that's how we became friends with bands like corn, you know, and Slipknot, like, there was no one else talking about them. Right. <laughs> so when they, so when they're, when they're around us, they're like, oh, these guys, you guys have been fucking talking about us before anybody. And like gossip, good word also gets around quick, dude. That's right. Quick. And bands will, if you say something good about a band, it gets to them. You'll be surprised. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's true. And I, I will say, you know, um, I've been friends with people, you know, kind of, we, we've had mutual friends for a long fucking time. Yeah. And I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you guys personally, you know, in that entire, you know, 15 plus years, which wow. is rare, you know? It is, especially when we were drunk idiots for a while. Well, you're not the only ones. There's plenty of drunk <laughs> idiots out there. That's <laughs> uh, cool that, uh, that we, we didn't do anything that dumb out there. It's cool. It's, it's always cool to hear that. Well, what what do you hear from like the younger bands, you know, the the Lorna Shores and, you know, other bands kind of making waves now? What do you hear from them when you cross paths with them? Uh, they actually give props, which is really cool. And uh, they also do it publicly, which is, I think it's a big deal. It's really cool when like Lorna Shore, I mean, I mean, name it, dude. They'll like, I'll, you know, I mean, we watch it. You know, I'll watch them like YouTube stuff and they're they're talking about our records. I'm like, damn, that's fucking cool, guys. Thank you. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is so simple. And then, you know, I talk about them as much as I can. You know, it goes it goes both ways. And it's just cool to get like that 
that honest respect. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all it is, you know? I mean, again, and I'm older, so it's, little, it's, it's kind of funny now. Like, I'm just so different now. I mean, back in the day, I was so bitter and dumb about it. Fuck those guys. Fuck that band. But now it's like, you know, I, I, want, I obviously want them to be successful if they want to be worried about it or not. But uh, same, same with the new bands. When you're younger and you're not, you know, you haven't like made it to the top of the mountain yet. You know, you're worried if, if someone else is succeeding, copying me, will, will that hold me back? You know, and that's a reasonable sure. thing to worry sure. about because sometimes there is a band that establishes a thing and then some other band comes along and copies them and ends up becoming more successful doing that. So yes, I think that's a natural thing to feel threatened by. Yeah. That just means like, oh shit, I, I got to work harder or that if you're a bitter, that kind of exposes like your lack of worth ethic. Right. You having to evolve. Right. It, basically what it is, you know, I'm lucky to be older, not as dumb as I was back then and kind of have like this look back and be, oh, that's, that's why I was like that. I was afraid to evolve i was afraid to work harder right and i was afraid these bands were going to take what i had when it was this it was fear it was just me being in you know a bitch and like oh shit i was just young and afraid to work harder and evolve with the times right and uh i wish i also you know we, you, like you look back like man i wish i you know had this perspective back then i could have worked harder back then and had a clear head and stuff like that but you know obviously that's how we learn right yeah i mean that's that's how it works Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. 
And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. What have you learned from the last 10 years, which seems like from the way you talk about it, it seems like it has not been an easy 10 years. No, it's been, it's been the worst, literally like the worst. I mean, obviously, again, I always say I'm, I'm lucky to be in a band. I don't, I won't want to do anything else, but I mean, there, there is a reason why we're still here. You know, after all that, we're still, I guess we're getting the buzz again. Like we're kind of reliving the hype of the early days. It's really cool to experience again, but that came with a fat price tag. And what I learned the past 10 years, uh, one was communication, big, uh, having communication with just in general, like friends and family, but obviously that goes with the uh, band members, communicating, listening. I don't have very many strengths as a person, so I'm proud of this one, but one of my strengths as a person is I seek out conflict. I seek out confrontation. I'm not talking like fighting, but like confrontation. Like I will, I am not afraid to have the uncomfortable conversations. Well, you don't, you don't bullshit yourself no. from no. what I can tell. No. And the bands that, who knows, maybe these guys are, our competition bands are listening to me right now. And, but I hear about your band and I hear about how you don't have these conversations. So you're far behind. And the thing about having these conversations is everything is better yeah everything is better and unfortunately these conversations only happened like two years ago and i wish it was sooner the biggest regret i have in my life was hanging out with mitch or not having these conversations with with mitch maybe you know things could have been different meaning what like what kind of conversations would you would you have had ah uh, she was just going so fast you know i mean this way she kind of we slowed down a little bit and just had you know how how you doing man you know are, are, are you cool and it was a rough time because uh, Mitch, he, he fucking went, I mean, his stage presence really speaks for itself. And yeah, his his body was fucked up. To this day, unmatched in the genre. Unmatched. There's nobody else. No, no. There's like, there's there's a far, far away second. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that dude was fucked up, man. He needed to take a break for a while and have neck surgery, dude. That dude was, he, he was fucked up. And yeah, I wish we uh, we talked more and communicated more. But, you know, we're, we're, you know, mid-20s. We, we don't have those communication skills yet. I, I don't have, like, I'm not saying I'm a wise person by any means, but, I mean, I, I, I didn't have that perspective I have now back then. But that's, like, a big regret I have. That's something I learned. Uh, I just wish, you know, I communicated more with my band earlier as opposed to the last, you know, two years. And uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, uh, I was a big guy on, like, the music first. It's get rich or die trying. Just, it has to be about the music and, like, the music, the music. And what I did wrong was I completely ignored the business side hmm. and it fell apart. And I learned recently uh, with the next like last you know, two years was when you start rebuilding the business, start paying attention to numbers and growing up, the music got better. And I was so wrong about hmm. that because I thought it was going to the opposite. Over, if I get too involved with the business side, then that's going to affect the music. But I was so wrong. The opposite happened. Everything started locking in, like the band, the guys are more stoked to be here. Not that we're getting paid on the money or anything, but like just things like things started to line up, paying attention to numbers and 
getting clarity with with our business. Well, it's not good for the art to be like, where the fuck did all our money go and stress about paying the rent? No, because stress will make you not write good music when you're right. Old. It's just like like the, you, you're just working towards something to make, you know, get some clarity. And like, you know, we we all became better friends, better friends because we started paying attention to the business, which I personally took over because it's weird to say, you know, I own the band. It's right. weird. I'm uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm, I'm the founder and Mitch came in shortly after. So, you know, I ignored the business my, my whole career, my whole career. So, I mean, you had managers and business managers. Did you not listen to those people or were they not really, did they not care as much as they should have or what what happened there? It's tough because um, someone kind of needs to be driving, you know, and it can't be someone else of the band, no matter how good they are. Nobody's going to give a shit as much as you do. No, no one. Um, Even people that love you, uh, no one's going to give a fuck more than you. Ultimately, they're going to be like, man, Garza's wildin', but. I tried to tell him he didn't want to, yeah. you know, whatever. Basically, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, just making a simple decision of how to do something or just things weren't lining up. Things kept falling apart. And then, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I guess I could say I grew up and I, I almost quit the band. And then a, a friend talked talk me out of it. And then I just had these conversations with, with, with the band members. And all right, you know, uh, I'm, I'm ready to grow up and basically I'm... Um, done being afraid of you know the business but think about how much fire you've been through now in so many different ways priceless you know and if, and if that shit didn't stop you like what could and covid what what could the world possibly throw at you at this point oh dude yeah i mean i forgot the quote but like you know like the worst thing you've been through is the worst thing that you've been through so like when you go to something like losing your singer and a lot of people don't know but like mitch crashed on holiday night for some reason I didn't drink. I was just, oh, I'm gonna go get a, get a burrito. I'll stay here. I'm, I'm going out tonight. You know, I, I get the call, the call from our manager, and uh, it happened. He crashed. I was like, shit. No thought. I went straight to the to the hospital in Irvine. Straight there. Other band members did not show up. I was the only one there. You didn't know his condition when you got the call. I didn't know it was that serious. I knew that it was serious, but like not that serious. Yeah. And then it was me, our manager, and uh, Mitch's dad, Kip. And uh, we were getting updates. It was like a, a span of like eight hours. It, it, it was a while. And every update we got, it was like bad. Like I, I still have a, a vivid memory of like a doctor coming out with the scrubs and seeing blood on, on the scrubs. And like he was, Mitch was in a in surgery. They were trying to save his life. And then they did the surgery and he was still put under. And they allowed us to go out, go in there and, you know, say hi to him. It's like seeing your best friend like that. That was technically that was the last time I saw him alive. To see someone like that, I just saw him a week prior here bullshitting and had been, you know, buddies. And seeing someone fight for their life like that. The last time I saw my mom, she got she had like a brain infection thing. Yeah. The last time I saw her, I wasn't supposed to see her. They were like wheeling her through an elevator and her head was all like cut open and her tongue was like this out of her mouth. And it was just the weirdest thing to see, you know. Probably a similar. It's just the weirdest. It's just the weirdest thing to see someone like that. That's so sad to see them as like not themselves and realize like, wow, this like they might not be this. This might not be okay. That's so that's so sad, man. Yeah. And and that that stays with you forever. Yeah, exactly. That's like it's burned into my brain of just like, yeah, I only saw it for like half a second. Mm -hmm. And it's just like burned into my brain. Yeah, it's 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 fucking nuts, dude. And then similar part uh, to your experience was like, you're not you don't know until you're there but like you're allowed to be there so when uh we're just hanging out with them and then like it's like a fucking movie man like the lights go crazy and like the doctors are freaking out 
And then you're just like, what, what the hell's going on? And then a doctor goes up to uh, Mitch's dad and says, I'm sorry. I was like, what? and me and our manager was like, what the, f like, what, what? Mean, sorry, what? Obviously he died. So when you see your literally like the singer of your band die in front of you, you can't control your thoughts during th th those moments. But the first thought that popped in my head was this band's not stopping ever, ever. And um, I'm not, I will never put my words in his mouth or what Mitch would have wanted. Uh, it's so fucking disrespectful when people say anything like what Mitch would have wanted to get the fuck out of here, dude. I will never do that. Oh, but all I have is that if it was me, I would want Mitch to keep going at any means necessary. That, that's all I have. That's literally all I have. If it was me, I would want Mitch to keep going. Go through the bullshit. Go through the, the hate. Go through all that. I, I would want him to keep going. That's all I have. And uh, obviously there's another spiritual side of that. You know, I feel like he's still in the band and helping us make those choices, you know, so. Yeah, and that's why we're still here. I'm trying to use the right word here, but you know, when when you guys talk about that, you know, that was 10 years ago now almost. Yep. And it's still clearly like really, I don't know, like it feels fresh in a way. Like it's still with you, you know? It's very fresh still. Like you don't anyone that's lost been like, you know, like like if you're a family member or or friend, a loved one, it doesn't go away, dude. And some people in bands are not really friends. <laughs> yeah, it's that too. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just different. Like, it's true. obviously it's going to affect anybody if someone in the band dies, but like you guys were actually friends, which is not all, it might sound weird to say, but lots of people in bands aren't necessarily friends. Yeah. He was my best friend, my, my brother. That's uh, cheesy as it sounds, you know, suicide silence is me and Mitch. It's our two souls together. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's just uh, this is what, what what it is. And uh, lost the face of the band and a family member. Yeah, I mean everything at once. Everything at once yeah. gone. You know everything that you thought reality was when you're a 26 year old kid. It's just gone out out the window. So when you go, for, so when that happens with with the band, and then oh yeah, self titled. That I mean the backlash of that. I mean again, when we go from Mitch, everything else is like right cake, dude. I mean I understand people struggle. During COVID, I understand that. Um, but for us, I mean, again, when I compare it to other things, like COVID for us, it's like, okay, let's wait till shit comes back. I'm good. Right. You know, I've, right. I've been, at that point, the self-title's already done its work. We've been broke for quite a few years. I'm like, okay, I, I mean, what's another couple <laughs> I'm not more years? This. Yeah. I, I, I am sad. I, I am loving music right now. I'm, right. I'm down to, you know, put in a little, little bit more time. And uh, yeah, so just uh, everything after that is really easy. It's true. It's yeah, lows in a band. Uh, I'm I'm lucky to be alive to even have these, you know, tough conversations with business managers or our band to make sure everyone's good. I'm lucky to wake up and feel stress or pressure from yeah, um, anything uh behind the scenes with with the band. I'm I'm lucky to experience that. So you know, it's kind of tough. Like I, I say this a lot. It's kind of like I feel weird when I have a bad day. I just don't know how to feel a bad day. Cause I just go right to like, shit, I'm alive. I'm alive, dude. Sure. You know, I'm sure Mitch didn't know that was gonna be his last day. You know, we don't know. Absolutely. I think about it literally every day. I think about it every minute, you know, like with, you know, I think about with my wife, you know, sometimes I'm ever feeling a little crabby. I'm like, well, I'm going to choose my words right now, mm -hmm. knowing that this might be the last time I ever talk to her and I, God willing, it won't be, but it might be, Yeah. you know, and I want to choose my words and actions right now with that in mind yeah man true i mean i think we actually have a similar thought process where you know if your chick goes out driving sometimes a thought pops in my head it's like man i'll be, I'll be so tragic right just going to the grocery store 
It could happen. So fucking tragic, dude. Yeah, I mean, you want you know you can give him a hug and a kiss. You know, it's like shit. I, I mean, there's no there's no guarantee. Absolutely. Well, you have parted ways with Alex, which I was bummed about just because I'm such a big fan of his playing. Like I think Same. his sound is like such an important part of the band and then the new stuff without him does sound great. Mm -hmm. But you know, his like groove and the sort of like, you know, punk kind of feel that he had was a big part of the band. What are your thoughts on parting ways with him? It was tough, man. It was really tough because, you know, he had, he just have so much history with, with somebody, you know? So when you make a decision or something happens, you just, you just have all this history. It's not like a very, it's not like a decision. Right. Unfortunately, the only thing I can say is I actually got why bands will talk about splits. Sure. I was like, oh, you're talking like kind of deep level stuff. You want to put good things out and, and out there for, for, for people to see and read. But I, I kind of got it in that moment. Oh shit. That's why, you know, this band that doesn't talk about losing their drummer. Right. Or, 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 or that it's like, it's, you just gotta move on. Yep. You know? It's kind of one one of those things. Anyone that's in the circle or that's, you know, been, been around us know exactly what happened. Yeah. Anyone that's been around us on the tour bus or uh, the band <laughs> or uh, around here, they, they know exactly what happened. And um, it's funny, like, we always have those conversations in this room. A lot of band members have left, been kicked out uh, in this room. We have, we've had girlfriends in here storm out, pissed off, kind of seeing it all in, uh, in, in this one room. So we've always been that band. Meet each other in person, face to face, and we talk it out. I n never wanted to be a cliche band. I always like, you know, when shit comes out online and then they, and then like there's the dramas on online and then like, oh, I found out like when I went to fucking this website that, that this happened. I'm like, what? Are these guys not talking to each other? Right. I'm like right. that's so, that's so bizarre. Like when someone finds out they got kicked out of the band from reading it on fucking blabbermouth. Yeah, so it's it's so strange, and uh, definitely wasn't that way. We, we we talk it out, and then there there was the outcome, and uh, I don't know. I just don't understand like the hate or that you might have for someone, or like or you might dislike them. So, but I just man, like all those shows, all those airplanes, all those days traveled and years you used to be friends. Like out of respect, man, you gotta do a face to face, right? Face to face, dude. And um, I just don't respect people, uh, men and women that just don't look that partner in the face. Give them the respect at the time. And handle they, they your business. And, hand, and handle the business, dude. Yep. I mean, pe people deserve uh, FaceTime, you know, and uh, I just never got it. I just never got how, you know, you just can't sit down and talk, talk things out, you know, then have, have the outcome. I just don't get it. Well, it does seem like, I mean, I didn't know you back in the day, but it does seem like you have grown tremendously from all this stuff. And I personally find that really inspiring because there's a lot of people, you know, you go through shit like this and it's going to either make you or break you. Mm -hmm. Your music is not necessarily, you know, it's not like a band like terror where you just like literally write lyrics saying how you feel about a certain thing, you know, it's sort of between the lines, but I feel like there's still something that comes through in the music that's going to help people. Yeah. Same. You know, I mean, feelings don't don't go away. Right. You know, it's like you like you still write riffs and then people will connect with it because, you know, it's coming from the same place. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything different now than I was when I was a little kid. I'm still like the same loser kid I was. I'm now and I was back then. I'm just playing tar. I'm just playing what I think sounds cool. I'm playing what I think feels heavy. And I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing the same shit. <laughs> it's just... Actions speak louder than words. And to mm -hmm. me, the ultimate message is the fact that you survived the last 10 years and then are coming out with this album that sounds fucking awesome. 
that sends such a powerful message without having to say it. Yeah. I mean, I guess without trying, that was just the goal. You know, you have to, if you're going to go through that stuff, you, it really shows, it shows who you are for better or, or for worse. I didn't really understand the term growing pains until like, <laughs> till you felt them. <laughs> yeah. Until you felt them. And then like your, these things are, your anger is manifesting in public. <laughs> yep. And then I learned from like psychology books, like what exactly that is, like for you to grow as a person, like a part of you inside has to die. And so it's like, it's like this, you have this conflict inside your, your body that's like, oh shit, like you're, you're changing. And then it's like basically gasping for air and then it'll manifest. And for me, you know, this is a team, these, these are demons in my closet that I'll share, share with you guys. But you know, my, my demons are like, I'll have public outbursts every once in a while. I'm not talking about every week. I'm, you know, yelling at my girlfriend, but like, like this, I've been with her for three years and I've had two before that. Maybe I had a few inside maybe. And then she really, you know, she obviously still with me. So she's like, well, what, like, what, what was that? And then we, but you only get so many of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, you only get a couple, dude. Like you yeah. only get a, and it has to be for a reason. And then right. those are growing pains. And like a part of me, we just didn't want to die. And it, it's a part of me inside is just like, cause fear is a very real thing. Sure. It's a very real thing. I'm just afraid. Uh, maybe to be honest, maybe I'm still afraid of uh, success to take the next step. You know, I'm, I'm a host of a podcast. That's fucking terrifying. I'll get high as fuck and I, I just think about it. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh my God, stop it. Stop doing that. I mean, but you've played <laughs> huge shows. So why would you be afraid of talking on a podcast? Oh, dude, it's terrifying. Terrifying, dude. Uh, we had Glenn Benton on. Yeah, I saw that. That's fucking amazing. It's fucking nuts. I mean, I love that you did that because Deicide is a band that it's weird. People don't really talk about them that much yeah. now, which is crazy. Legends, dude. Legends. People do not understand. They were the shit in the 90s. They were the mm -hmm. top fucking dogs yep. in death metal. They are right behind Cannibal, like being like the top selling death metal band of all time. Right. And they were bigger than Cannibal at one point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, Deicide, man. And more, way more hype. Yeah. Like Deicide was the hypest band in death metal. Hands down in like 93, 94. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about extreme, listen to those first three records, dude. I mean, yeah. the early 90s. And to your point, I love that you put him on because a lot of your audience, I mean, I'm sure they know who Deicide is, but like they may not mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And I love that you did that. That was really cool to see. That was cool. I kind of don't know why he was so cool. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I was extremely nervous. That was by far the most nervous I, I ever been. Um, I look over across the table. It's fucking Glenn Benton. Right. And yeah, and my... And my butthole is just puckered so <laughs> tight, dude, because it, it doesn't want, because my body's stopping from shit from coming out of my own body. I can <laughs> shit my pants. So it was like, I was, I was so nervous, dude. I was just trying to keep my composure and give, you know, I mean, my goal with this stuff is like, I want, I wanted people to see another side of Glenn. Right. I, I want, I want people to see Glenn. And I think, I, I hope that was accomplished. I, I haven't watched it yet, um, but I am excited too. He's a fucking cool guy, man. But yeah, I'm sure I'll get high. Uh, this weekend, think about it and be like, oh my God, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking, it's crazy. Yeah. Fear is a real thing. I had to close, uh, close all saying earlier. Fear is real thing. Well, it, it, it seems like you do put conscious effort into like, I guess I would say self-improvement, which most people don't. I wish I could give some aspiring advice with that stuff or experiences, but I don't. It's, I mean. It was Mitch that really made me, I completely stopped doing drugs, cold turkey. I'm, 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 I'm done with that. And then dramatically cut back on drinking. Dramatically. I wasn't getting blacked out drunk every day anymore. I'm like, all right, I didn't get a hold of this shit. And then 
what's terrifying again I, I don't have anything inspiring to say but uh, i was what's terrifying is like you you get out of one fog then you get into like another one yeah and you another one and it's all like this shit you just weren't you didn't deal with your whole life it's just you're constantly dealing with it and like you're talking you know it's boring stuff but like you know i gotta go to the gym you gotta sure i gotta meditate and th- think think about my breath for 10 minutes every day i gotta read books i was i read books then every fucking day i i put these if, whether it was Tony Robbins, shout out Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is legit. People can laugh. You might think he's corny. It's the real fucking deal. He is, dude. And after, you know, you feel the same and then a few years pass and you get these little sprints of like changing. You feel like, you know, why, why, why am I doing this? Why, why am I doing this? And I don't know where like he's people see you like, what's up, dude? Like you, you look, you look different. It's so weird. Right. But uh, I wish there is a more inspiring thing to say but it was literally everyday conscious work of trying to reprogram my, my brain from whatever happened earlier on in my life that made me want to you know escape it was, it was conscious like very 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 few people ever do that crazy very very fucking few people do that that work well i'm, I'm lucky that uh lucky that i get i get to do it more cheesy stuff. I'm lucky to have my my girlfriend of almost three years. You know, she's been really k- keeping me in line. T- talk about like the uh, fast track. She made fine tunes. Hey, I, she, you know, like your woman will say like like a comment. Hey, like you know, like like, like you do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'll uh, I turn into like a mini asshole. I'm like what? Right. No, I don't. You're like no, fuck, no, no, I totally no, no. <laughs> no, I don't. And then like and then and then you process it the fucking next day. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll fix it. You, you don't talk about it again. You just kind of fix it. Right. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much exactly what uh, she put me on like a fast track. Well, I was always kind of going there, just trying, but she really like fine tune things. And then, you know, this small things turn to big things. Like I would shows around here locally, and I'd be kind of nervous for some reason, or like, or like hometown shows. She's like, like, you're a different person. We have a hometown show. I'm mm. like, shit, you're right. So we don't talk about it again because I, 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 I just fix it. And then the next show we have in SoCal, I mean, it's different. I'm chill. I'm like, oh, it's, it's another show. We're fucking hanging out. Cool. We're like, yeah, they, they'll like say something. You'd be like, I don't. Like, but actually you, you do. And then you fix it. And it's like a little, it's a little weird thing inside of you, like a little insecurity or something that, 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 that you got to fix, you know? Right. It's so weird. There's so many different kind of feelings that you have to process inside your body where you think you might process one thing, but that'll open up another thing. Mm-hmm. And like little, little things. So fucking nuts and and it's tiring but you got to do the work i think everybody hears that voice the difference is like you're willing to listen to it like to your point earlier about Mm -hmm. uh not avoiding confrontation with yourself yes you hear that voice and you're like god damn it the voice might be right i really don't want to deal with this but i have to yes yes yeah that stands for me saying that i don't have very many strengths but that's that's one of them that's a pretty big one i hope so yeah it seems to be going good now seems to uh damn there's saved the band, you know, just listening to my gut, then applying it. Because, you know, it's so fucking nuts to you. Like, there's other band members. There's four of the guys. They have their future wives and houses and kids. That, that now we're talking about kids now. Right. I see people with, with the tattoos. Uh, there's people that are buying shirts now. Like, there's like, okay, we are lucky to have this second chance of, of life and being in a band. And now, you know, it's little stuff, dude. But, like, you know, our shit's a hot topic again. Like, right. I remember like seeing going on hot topic, and, like getting that check and then, yeah. oh, wow, we're fucking hype. We're fucking cool now. And then that shit going away for years and people know and no one's buying your merch. And then I kind of, I don't know where, like you see people buying merch and then we get an order from hot topic and like, like what the fuck it's, it's coming back. 
and we're so lucky that you know that that we get a a, a second chance and uh you know i do put a lot of you know some conscious pressure on myself it's all good it's not bad it's just good pressure to make sure things are in line and make sure the because you know i don't want to let my i don't want to let the guys in the band down i don't want to let their families down or my family down or my girlfriend down or like or the fans and and the, and the that listen to the music and uh, have stuck bias for for uh, for so long. I don't I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, cool. Well, I appreciate your time. I'll let you go, but uh, I'm excited to see uh, what happens to this album. I just uh, I'm a huge fan, and I'm really inspired by just you know how much uh, you know just by how much shit you guys have all been through, and that you are still here, going stronger than ever. So. Uh, happy to see it and uh, always happy to do whatever I can to help out. Thanks, fan. We're actually a big fans of you. It's crazy, huh? Well, I appreciate it. It's cool. Well, <laughs> it's I'll see you next time you guys come through town. Yeah, everyone, a uh, new song. Check out the podcast on YouTube, Cards of Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, fan, you're badass. I hope I gave you a fucking a juicy one. All right, cool. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs> All right, see, see you guys later. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.